episode of Ray's Music Reviews. Today we are joined by Jared. Jared. Uh, <laughs> K- K- KP. KP. Mm-hmm. And me, Ray. Um, no gimmicks needed this time. No. no, no nicknames. No gimmicks. No um, gimmicks required. We're just talking music this time. I was very talking tired classics. This week. Um, today we are doing Funkadelics, Maggot Brain. 1971 classic. Hmm. I'll say it. It's a classic. Uh, it's most, I guess it's probably most known for its its titular first track mm. featuring the guitar stylings of Eddie Hazel. Which I, I feel like the, the majority of what I'm going to talk about on this album is the first track, even though I like the rest. and I think the guitar work on it is stellar across. That first track is, is otherworldly. Do you want to just dive in there? Well, a little, let's talk a little bit about Funkadelic. George Clinton. Right. Hero. Yes, George Clinton. Massively influential. Is a lot. He uh, has a, a doo-wop group called the Parliaments, mm-hmm. and he creates a backing band, which becomes Funkadelic, which has Eddie Hazel and various other artists, and then that turns into... All of these, I think, different iterations of bands are due to certain record issue, recording contractual issues. Mm-hmm. He turns Funkadelic into Parliament in order to change the way he's getting paid again and put different albums out. Then you wind up having this thing where um, Funkadelic is more of the funk rock version and Parliament is more of just the funk Absolutely. version. Absolutely. And then, of course, they tour together because they are the same people. Yeah, I was going to say. It's right. Just- and you wind up getting these things where if you've ever seen them, it's like 13 or 14 people on stage with horns and grown man wearing a diaper. And Absolutely. Bootsy Collins comes in and out of the band and you wind up with all these different things. Clinton is not, as much as he is a band leader, he is not omnipresent in the vocals. Mm-hmm. He is not a great singer, but he does understand what he's doing. And he does, I think this record... The one thing I told Ray about this record, and I've listened to a lot of like uh, Parliament, and we've all have if you count all the times he's been sampled, along oh, with oh yeah, you know, um, greatest hits packages, stuff like that. I've seen them a couple times, but it makes me want to not having known the history of the band and how he he started with a doo-wop group and then he brings in these other people it makes me want to go back and read books on this and like dive into the world of George Clinton and how all of this comes out can you imagine being a fly on the wall during that time period with all that's going down massively influential unreal but nothing he's putting out is the kind of thing where you would say oh knee-jerk reaction this will be a crossover yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's it could be... Obviously, like, they, they mentioned that Sly and the Family Stone, Jimi Hendrix influences Hazel a great deal. MC5 is an influence, but also a lot of your influence is uh, gospel. And you can hear the, the layered vocals and how that roots with gospel. And you, you can hear how he's got the horns involved here and there and how he does hold back on certain aspects of things like you mentioned with the first track mm-hmm. it, it's recorded with a band but he pulls it back so far and puts so much distortion on the guitar correct because the guitar is what's telling the story and Absolutely. supposedly he told 
supposedly he told Hazel, he says, you know, th this is like your mother. Imagine your mother dying. And, and play. And play and how that affects you and where that and, and what that loss does to you and where that puts you in the whole realm of things. Dude, I don't think there's a better example of how, how pure music, just notes, can tell a story. I literally... An emotional story. I, I actually kind of dove into this record. I didn't know Ray was going to pick it. And, and I kind of dove into it a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And I didn't wind up diving into the whole record because I, I actually have probably listened to just track one oh, yeah. 20, 30 times. Absolutely. In the last like two or three weeks. And, and at least 10 times this this week. You know, maybe 15. Shoot. And it's, it is it is that crazy. Like you said, it, it it has that Floyd I'm on a journey feel. Absolutely. You know? I, I think my favorite bits of it are when the guitar is screaming and the echoes just keep getting louder and louder. And then he hits one note and it seems to like drag through everything else and, and, and fly out on its own. Unreal. It, it seems like if you were to meet Eddie Hazel, like a galaxy would be approaching you. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I found a solo album of his that I absolutely 100% have to listen to because right. his his guitar work on this album was phenomenal. Right. And I, I can't get over how good Maggot Brain is, though. It's just the, the moments of quiet the single, in between. The, the first song yes. on the track. Yes. yes. Right, right. Uh, the quiet moments in between. Sometimes when it starts to build up, but then it fades away. Sometimes when it's just one note. Man, that's... Do you know why you love this? Emotional. You're a Silver Surfer guy. Absolutely. And this song is a silver surfer. It is. It, I agree with that. It's got that vibe. The, car, the, the guitar loneliness. cutting through the galaxy. Yes. 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 I yeah. think that's such a good. I was trying to think of, of like an analogy to make for it. Yeah. But it'd be like passing through like a dying star and then flying out the other side. You know right. what I mean? Exactly. That. That's it. The, that's the it. loneliness presented in this song, the just anguish. Yeah. Dragging through it is incredible. Absolutely. <sighs> Unreal. I do also want to give a shout out to other other songs. I like Super Stupid for how it was more like we were saying earlier, funk rock. Mm -hmm. Absolutely had more rock elements to it. Right. Great. What were some of what was some of your favorite tracks? Um, I think the title track is one of the greatest songs ever made. Like li literally, <laughs> I absolutely one hundred percent agree. I was thinking that earlier today, where I was like, this might be this is like a goat song for sure. And and I don't know if it was maybe because I was really tired this week, but a lot of this album I just kind of just kind of bounced off of me. That's fair. Because like, imagine right, you're waking up at like seven mm -hmm. at, at seven when the, you went the, to sleep at eleven. Unreal late time of seven a.m. in the morning. Well, no, it's <laughs> late when you have a blistering headache. <laughs> I woke up every day with a headache, and then I had I had this album going. Doo, 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 in my face that rules <laughs> it, a, lot, a lot of times I just kind of bounced off of it uh, but no the title track is one of the greatest songs ever made absolutely um, yeah I, I didn't really have that much of an opinion on this record if I'm being honest um, I kind of I, I didn't really like Wars of Armageddon if we're going like least favorite songs mm -hmm. um, I, I thought that like I thought that song kind of tried too hard to be wacky I I don't think it went for wacky. I will say I do not believe that it is intended to be wacky. I think in I think there's I think in context of the album, I think there's a distinctive story being told here. Yes. And I think that like 
can you get to that for example in theory it's about a guy and a girl right but then when you listen mm-hmm. to it it's about so much more and then in context with hit it and quit it which is supposedly also kind of guy and girlish right but then when you realize well wait if the song above that because when you get to you and your folks and me and my folks we're starting to tell the story of unity but it can't really be unity and as the as they start to then they hearken back to can you get to that towards the end of that song and you start realizing none of this is about a relationship. It's all about um, more than that, mm-hmm. right? And that, what hit it and quit it can be more of a, you can't take this so seriously because you got to get what you can get and get out of it. Because if you start to obligate yourselves to other things, the world isn't shaped to reward people like us with that are being obligated to work in a factory or work in whatever. Like there's, The world asks more of you than you can receive back in return. So you get what you can get, and you get out. Yeah. You, you and so then when 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 he dives back into, because can you get to that? It's just this gospel tune, right? Except it's not really about gospel content, right? But then when you get into the, the when he starts to repeat that, can you get to that at the end of hit it uh, at the end of you and your folks and me and my folks? You start realizing there are certain issues that have to be. Uh, Addressed in order for us to get to a point where we're all just hanging out together, right? And that's where he repeats the song from earlier. You start realizing how we're at a much bigger thing. Super, uh, super stupid. Like you said, it's this fantastic metal funk song. Yeah. Right? I, yeah, I would say yeah, it's metal. Right, It absolutely. But it, also the content is just so... Um, you have like this big top circus in the middle of it here and there. The mm-hmm. sounds feel like that. You know what I mean? And then it's just um, the changing of the tempos. And it, it, I don't know how to put it. I just really love it. And it, it, it feels more Hendrixy than the rest of it as long, you know. But then you wind up. So basically what I'm getting at, and back in our minds is this, uh, an attempt at telling you how we can recover from all of this and go forward mm-hmm. and make more out of it. And then Wars of Armageddon starts with the baby crying and the guy screaming and hollering about how it's keeping me awake all night. And then you start having all these other sounds, which you're talking about, the being wacky part, all these other weird sounds, including the uh, telling you where your flight loads at and stuff yeah. like that. And what, you, what you're hearing is the individual crises mm-hmm. countering with bigger crises yes absolutely. countering with social and societal issues and how all of those things are tragic but yet armageddon like what lo- what looms more important the fact that you're unhappy unhappy on an individual basis the fact that your community is unhappy because it doesn't feel like it's reaping rewards or the fact that we're destroying the earth <laughs> like what's and so wars of armageddon is literally packing all of that into nine minutes with these amazing things but then with amazing music but then with these sounds that tell you all those things as well. That and it is. Pink, 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 pink. It's. It is. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, it's silly, but I think that's I think that's the point, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the point of contrast between people and their individual problems versus literal planetary annihilation. The point, the point <laughs> of all of this is to unsettle you. The cows mooing and the cocks crowing and the, the fart noises. The, yeah, all of that is meant. And I get where you're coming from on it's just really trying too hard. Fart noises are, it, it, right? it just feels like it just feels like it is trying way too right. hard but if to you be take, out of the ordinary, and it's just like okay. And if you take it out of context, yeah, like if you, it's I get it. You know I what I mean? Think, if, if you tell me that, yeah, I agree. It bounced off of you. 
because of the time period in which you listen to it, right? And so then when you get to that last one that's this spurling long song, absolutely, because the 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 message of the whole book, you can't read one chapter. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's just the thing that this album kind of tired me. <laughs> like, I, I, it was it's just... It's a lot. It's a tired. lot. And if you're not wanting to dive in, it, it the point of this record to me is to periodically bring you in while being abrasive. It is abrasive. It is an abrasive album. I agree with that. Right? Which, which is... which, which well, kind the, of The cover is a woman's head sticking out of the ground screaming. The title's Maggot Brain. <laughs> which kind of weirds me out because the first song is really is very melodic, very mellow, right? So the How entire you, rest of the album just kind of isn't like that. I'm like, yes, this is great, and then the rest of the album just kind of isn't like that. <laughs> I totally get it. I totally get where it rubs you like that, and, and I totally get where it doesn't rub me like that. You know what I mean? By the same token, I mean I like listened to this album dozens of times to begin with. You, so you, I, I was like, this is something I'm very familiar with. Right. Right. Well, that's. That's the neat thing, though, right? Because you can move on, listen to one track on it, and go on to something else, right? And yet you may may dive back in here, or maybe this inspires you to dive, like you said, into more of what Eddie Hazel does, into more of what Dude, yes. more funky does. This this has me thinking about starting my own freaking George Clinton library, literally, absolutely, <laughs> to just to try to figure out like what on earth is going on with that dude. You know what I mean? Strong agree. What else we got? Um, Do we listen to anything interesting this week? Are, are you guys going to talk? All right, so we're moving on? Do you want to rate it? Uh, I'm probably not going to rate it. Ah, okay, good. You liked it very much. That's mm. tough. I don't know that it's rateable. Because isn't it, isn't it very... I, I also... Not about a rating? It's about like a message in like a ex- moment. And- no, it's like an experience. Right. I know it's like I don't know. I don't. I, I wouldn't be able to, to assign a number to it. Hi, I like it a lot. I it, really like it's, this album. It's just a journey on the mothership. Exactly. <laughs> I, I love the little poem he reads at the beginning of Maggot Brain too, where he feasted on the on the maggots and the wind of the universe. Right. And he was not offended. Right. Well, that's the thing I love too. That. It's again, you could say, well, that really is trying too hard, right? What he said right there, and there are more, like this. This album is not full of great lyrics. A lot of the messaging is it's, absolutely in the music underneath. It's it's it bold, dude. In the, the, the in the gospel sections, the gentleman with the bass lines that gets the forefront just for moments. Ooh. He's so good. What a band! Yeah, just in general. Yeah, yeah. Top well, to bottom. Prince Prince tells the story about he. The day, the night he wrote Alphabet Street, he went and saw Clinton and them live, and he said, "I saw these, you know, fourteen, fifteen people on stage, all in unison, all doing exactly what what they are trying to do without anybody missing a beat, looking like complete mayhem, and yet giving me a, a, a unique, a united sound." And he said, "I just, I, I got done watching the show, and I went straight to the studio because I had to record because I, I, I had seen something that drove me to do something else. You know what I mean?" Uh, next week we are doing Faith No More's Angel Dust. Angel Dust. Christ? Yes. Kindergarten, um, baby. I almost called it Midlife Crisis. Headed to kindergarten next week. You'll get it about track nine. I was I was hoping. I was like, <laughs> if this is a reference to the album, I've never heard any of it. <laughs> okay. I'm going to make um, jokes. Unless, unless that's the one Epic is from. Epic is the first album. Epic from out of nowhere. All that's the first. All the good shit. Falling the first to album. pieces. Whoa! Did you cuss right there? 
That's what? crazy, right? You can, crazy watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. Okay, let's move on to what we listen to. Oh, um, at the start of this week, I tr- um, I should more say I tried to listen to, but uh, uh, I tried out Drake's Take Care. Mm-hmm. I liked Headlines in Marvin's Room, and everything else was okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's accurate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have pretty much just the same opinion about that album. When it came out, I listened to it, and I was like, this is all right. It's yeah. okay. Marvin's Room is good. <laughs> yeah, that, that's it. I, I, like, I, I think Headlines is fun. That's how I feel about Drake in general, to be fair. Where I'm just like, eh, it's all right. Yeah. What'd you listen to? Um, no, I, well, I listen to more stuff. Um, I listen to Siamese Dream. Uh, more of the... Oh, did we have we ever talked about Donda? I don't think we have talked about Donda. No, Let's I haven't do it. think we've done something since Donda came out. Uh, it's surprisingly good. It's been, yeah, I was about to say it's been like a week, maybe. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 really good, but it's also one hour and forty eight minutes long. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a little too long. I I don't know if you count like the last four songs because they're like part two things. Like they're like weird. A lot of this album kind of feels unfinished, which makes sense because I think Kanye's label released it without his consent. It's probably literally unfinished. So yeah, so it's like so it's gonna be kind of like Tilaf was. I mean, as unfinished as Kanye would let it be, if that makes sense. Yeah, like it would always be some some level of quote unfinished. Yeah, so I so he's still he's gonna put out more Donda albums as we go along. Yeah, Donda Donda Part Two. He put I, I something imagine, out with. I imagine I, I imagine that he's gonna do something similar that they did with T Lop. I, I imagine. Uh, Life of Pablo release schedule was so funny. I still have a burn CD of one of the early versions that he released, and not the finished version. Oh, like the was it the one with the rough mixes? Uh, I think so. Wol- <laughs> Wolves is different. There's a couple. There's a couple major differences. Didn't he drop a track with Andre or no? Oh no, Drake, Drake dropped a track for him. Drake uh, leaked, dude. Drake thought he was gonna play his new album on a concert. He... <laughs> Drake, okay. Drake thought, right? He he was going to leak a song with Kanye West and Andre Three Thousand, and then he was going to play his album afterwards. And he was gonna be like, dude. This destroys Andre three thousand. Like what? What? Yeah. What was the end goal? There? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, just genuinely baffling. It's did like, you Did you hear what happened with like big big boy uh, on his Instagram? Just like took the part that Andre raps mm-hmm. and put that on his Instagram. And he he you know a bunch of people talked about how much they loved Andre's part of it. And then Andre was like. Just so everybody knows, I, I didn't like when I went in and laid down what I laid down. I didn't know this was a, a Dre, uh, Drake diss track. Mm-hmm. So just you know, I kind of like both those dudes, and I'm not like really wanting to be a part of no. no. It's like I'm just I was just hanging. Andre's out. Andre's like I was into beasts like in '94. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of moved on into like coffee houses and saxophone solos. So let's try to. Keep me out of all this hatred y'all <laughs> going on right now. Yep. But I, I hear, I, I listened to it a couple, of the, like that little part on Instagram a couple of times. Andre's Andre's great. I wish he, I wish so we would get him good. more. Wish we would get him more. Um, yeah, no, it, it just Don Don is pretty good. Surprisingly, 
Um, I, did, I, 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 there was a certain moment in Donna's release schedule where I was like, I've lost faith in this project. It will project. never happen. It will never happen. And not only did I not think it was going to happen, like I thought, oh, if this does happen, it's not going to be good anyways. But it turns out that dude's still pretty good. Yeah. Might be a little zany. Pretty good. Yes, indeed. <laughs> that's, that's certainly a way to put it. Um, What'd you listen to, Jared? Uh, the general... Honky Chateau. If I ever need like driving music, I just go to Honky Chateau. It's so good. It's so good. Elton. El dude, doesn't get better. Right. It doesn't get better. Uh the Interesting Man cover by Rina Sawayama. I really like it. Uh, I sent it to you. What about the Weezer version? Uh, I I listened to about not, two seconds of it. Not so much. It was horrible. Twenty minutes ago and it was terrible. Okay. Okay. Uh I also got recommended it's a song by Genre. Dennis Wilson. Is that good? Uh Time. It was really, really good. I was blown away that this song came out in 1977 because it sounds like stuff does today, if that makes sense. Right. By the, like, lower lo-fi stuff with, like, echoes and sadness. I don't know. It was so good. So I did a little bit of looking about Dennis Wilson because I didn't know anything about him, and it's just, like, a hairy dude on a cover. <laughs> it looks like every album from the 1970s. Right. Feathered hair, beard. And so I, I was like, Wilson seems hair. familiar, and he's he was Be Beach Boys founding member. Right. I guess I, I usually think of his brother when I think of the Beach Boys, or Mike Love. Yeah, right. Unfortunately, I think of Mike Love. Which is tragic. Tragic. <laughs> but yeah, I went down a Wikipedia hole, and I was like, man, this dude knew Charles Manson really well. It is crazy how many people wound up somewhere along the line in, in, yeah. in some lot of weird six steps to Kevin Bacon with Charles Manson. But, like, he, he like, lived in a house with Charles Manson. He, like, a bunch of the girls lived with him. Right. And, and he, he he says at some point that he knew that Charles Manson was killing people and he didn't tell anybody. It was it was crazy, this article I was reading. I That's was like, kind of on. a weird detail to live out leave out if you're talking about a friend. Yeah. yeah my neighbor, he's cool. He's yeah, cool. He, they, they, he, uh, he killed someone. Did they, yeah, he, I think they're murdering killed, over killed, there. But. Yeah, he killed him. Besides that, though, like, if you want to go over and, like, smoke weed with them or do acid, Dude. probably leave soon thereafter because yeah. they might abduct you and, like... And kill you. You could be in a cult or you, dead. You could die. <laughs> but the weed, it's good. It's free weed. Right. Oh, my God. That it's, being said, uh, I've liked what I've listened to of this album, and time specifically is, is some fire. Okay, good deal. Now, you looked earlier like you might have something else. Oh, I was going to say, uh, speaking of Drake, have you seen the new album cover? For it's his, terrible. It's the, Everything the, Drake does is so embarrassing. I cannot fathom listening to Drake. I literally, everything he does is so cringy did you, and lame. Did you hear, did you I, hear I really the line? Heard. Did you hear the line? I, I, I hear you like girls. I'm a lesbian, too, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you it's say like, that you a lesbian. Girl, me, too. It's so embarrassing. It's it's it's. We, he is a he is a. Do he, people actually like listen to Drake and they go, man, this is pretty good. Do people? He do is that? a thirty-four. He's really, he's really good in Drake. That, uh, Jake from State Farm commercial. Drake right. is a thirty-four-year-old man that came out with an album called Certified Lover Boy. It's, it's and just lame. shaved and shaved his hair to where it had a heart in it. That's just. I don't know, man. It's just one of those things where it's like, Drake's so uncool. <laughs> it, it, there's no other word for it. He's just not cool. I don't understand the appeal. Champagne Poppy. That's the least cool name ever. <laughs> if you're going to have a cool nickname, be like, a, what is it, Travis Scott? I his, think his tag on Instagram is Cactus Jack. 
Excellent. It rules. That's just cool. Yeah. Travis That's Scott Batman, baby. <laughs> Actually, I changed my mind. I Travis, Scott, Travis Scott. Travis Scott's shoes are dope, though. Also, so true. The flip swoosh. Jake's so got good. no merch. He just texts underage girls. Whoa. Hey. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, what I listen Shout to. Out this Drake, week, I got a Millie for him. I listen to Curtis Mayfield, Superfly. It is fantastic. Hell yeah. I listened to the Brothers Johnson. I wound up down a little Hit bit of a Drake funk hole. Dude. Which was wonderful for me. Um. No, no. The line was hit up Drizzy. I had a million for him. I wound up going line. through like a couple of different Prince records this week, Round the World in a Day, stuff like that with Raspberry Beret and yes. Pop Life and all that on it. So good, so good. But anyway, so is that a wrap, guys? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think that's a wrap. Take us home, brother. Oh, um, four. Jared, could be, and yeah, Ray, uh, and me. Check out our friends at the Gin Project. Uh, the G-I-N-N Project.com. Go home. Copyright 2021.